Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Aotearoa Rugby Pod in our flash new studio here at the Sky Sports Studios in Auckland. Instead of, you know, in Takapuna and the mansions over in Takapuna. <laughs> The lad you live pad. in Tekka, bro. Oh, where's, mate, not, where's, oh, the, where's the lad pad? Almost Batlands still oh, away, mate. I'm yeah. in Green Lane, oh. so. Green Lane, so not too far <laughs> for Bryn. Bryn Hall, James Parsons, Ross Carl here. And we've got the Aotearoa Rugby Pod, and we're looking like a professional outfit. How good. We look we've good, come man. a long way. Haven't we? From <laughs> isolation and bloody gigs and trying to sort out our setup. So. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Probably, we probably need to thank you for carrying us. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no one's listening to me. So we've got a big week ahead of us. Huge. We've got Bledisloe, number three, coming out. I'm going to start from left field. Um, I want the All Blacks to lose. Hmm? I want the All Blacks to lose. Cool. And my reasoning is that I think if the All Blacks win this game, the rest of the rugby championship is boring. Well, it depends how you look at it. If they win every game, it's not boring to me. Well, you want them to lose? No, I want them to win. Oh. I want them to go clean sweep, yeah. not lose nah. a test match. Is that sacrilege? Yeah. Is that sacrilege? To, well, to it's that? pretty disgusting, if I'm honest. <laughs> but, uh, Kiwi, <laughs> Kiwi? I can see where you're coming from. I can see because the draw did spice things up. So a loss would keep the blizzard alive um, with Argy coming. But, oh, look, I can't say. I'd never even want them to lose. <laughs> I think it will be different though in, yeah. the, in the air conditions so I think um, it might be a lot tougher um, we know probably playing those conditions it's a little bit different so and they'll be hungry and they'll be in their own their own patch so um, it's going to be a good challenge for the All Blacks and the one that I think they're going to look forward to I'll take it back it was a big bold statement oh, <laughs> just quiet, I was mate. searching for just a reaction quiet. from the very very start <laughs> <laughs> so we had some big footy on the weekend before this Bledisloe Cup test um, there's a jersey hanging behind you oh, let's get on. it out of the way now because the rugby world doesn't want to hear about North Harbour for the next 50 minutes oh, oh let's do it. We, should <laughs> do it we should do it Battle of the Bridge this yep. is the only game. If you're going to win a game this year, this is the one you need to win, right? If you're a Harbour boy. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, look, it was. We um, had our breakfast. We have a breakfast every year around Battle of the Bridge, and myself and Dripper and our teams are there. And um, it's just great to hear the stories of, um, of the battles. And, um, you know, for us, we knew that it was a big challenge. And um, I think motivation sometimes and the whole emotion can kind of get to you. But I thought we did that really well through the week. And um, we knew there was a lot on the line. But... Um, yeah, it was, it was good. A bit of a slow start, but it, <laughs> yeah. we, we got there in the end. But what a, that was what I was proud of is we were struggling a little bit at line-out time, so yep. we didn't have a lot of front football. Uh, had a great scrum platform, as Harb always do, uh, but the fight and the grip on defence hmm. is what won the game, and, and I suppose some tactical nails from the two Brins uh, really kept them in. The tactical kicking was probably the game-changer, um, and then, you know, could have maybe taken more advantage of the yellow card. I thought, yep. you know, we went to exiting a little bit sooner than maybe when there was one off. We could have had a, had a snipe. But outside of that, the the, the tactics and the way that um, our game drivers put us around, the leaders led, hmm. uh, gave us a really tight win. Um, and, and in the end, something that our community will be so proud of and, and hold on to for another year. M- might I just say, 2017, Harbour won it. 18, Auckland. Draw last year. 20, 20. Is that called dominance? Is that is that dominance? Oh mate, we just look back <laughs> yeah. four years. Yeah. We look back four years, two wins, yeah. one draw, yeah. and a loss. It, it's looking pretty for wear. And look, I do say that with a lot of pride because we've come from a little bit of a laughing stock, and we've put a lot of work into yeah, our yeah. culture and 
um, and not just for that team, but for the players that are coming through. Mm. And you know, as some step out, others are stepping in, and that's when you know that you're going to you know get a long legacy of um, strong Harbour performances, which is what I think as well. Um, you can get a real sense when you're walking on the street as well how much it means to our community. Jip alluded to it, but I think for us, you know, even walking um, on the Monday or the Tuesday around Millennium Institute and even in the cafes, and that, it's a wee little you know pat on the back for us. And you know, we know that. Um, it's always tough against Auckland, you know, there's no motivation that's needed and um, for those things that Jip was saying, um, you know, we took real pride in, in that result and um, it was great walking around Takapuna and Albany and all the spots in, in North Harbour where uh, we hold it dear to our hearts, so that was a good result for what, us. What was said to Bryn when he was taking one conversion? Because I saw him laughing. Were they chirping him? Oh mate, oh, I've got a good one, man. So Blake Gibson, Blake and mate, <laughs> so we um, had a scrum and... Um, Ruru and all the Auckland boys were kind of having a um, kind of having a chat around what their move was, and sometimes I just like to go and just have a little listen and have a little chat. And um, Blake Gibson grabs me from behind and goes, "Mate, if I've ever seen an actor, you're one of the greats, mate. You should be on Shortland Street because you've milked that many penalties. Because actually, quite a few penalties on the weekend um, for us. But um, yeah, never hear Blake Gibson have many words, so we're definitely under his skin, which is always nice for old Balake. Yeah, he'd be in an action movie. He wouldn't be in a, a oh, he's Jason movie. Statham. Yeah, dead <laughs> set. <laughs> yeah, he'd be a bit wooden, but you wouldn't mess with him, would you? Oh, no, you wouldn't. He doesn't need to say many lines. He'd just get the job done. <laughs> um, let's talk about his position, because it's one of the interesting ones this week. We've got Duplessis Karifi in the All Blacks. Mm. Now, he wasn't in North v South. Lachlan Bashir is not in the All Blacks. It's a travesty. I want to know what's going on. I, I rate Duplessis Karifi, but what does Lachlan Bashir have to do? Yeah, well, I'm going to jump in. You jump forward. in, mate. You jump in, mate. Um, look, I think it's a style of player. If you look at who's he's come in for as an Artie, pretty like for like. He's almost probably moulded himself off Artie uh, in the Hurricanes environment. Um, probably, you know, Ford's coach that's new into the role knows him a lot better, knows what he can bring and offer uh, as, in, as in Plum and, and the Hurricanes connection there. Um, and I suppose I did a little bit of deep research um, to see how they've um, been playing in the Mitre 10 Cup. So bear with me here. Stats, stats now, yeah. now, stats stats only tell part of the story. I understand that. Um, but it, it shows how tight they are in terms of their game. So Duplessis has got six games, 490 minutes, uh, 37 carries with 145 metres gain, which is just under four metres per carry. No offloads, three clean breaks, seven defenders beaten and two try assists. Whereas we look at uh, Lockie Beauchere, 46 carries, so a few more carries, but he's had seven games in 560 minutes. Uh, he's only made 120 metres, so a little less, and his carries is just under three, 2.6 uh, metres per carry. He's had four offloads, which surprised me. I would have probably picked Duplessis as more mm. of the offloader. Eight clean breaks, so he's got five more clean breaks. He's got four defenders beaten, and he's had three try assists. So their attacking game, when you think about what was said um, on other shows, the breakdown in that, it was about, you know, he's brought some physical um, dominance into his game, as in Duplessis, and that's why they've gone from that's the feedback he got. But, you know, you look at Lachlan Beauchere, he's doing the business as well, ball in hand. Then this is where, for me, it's, it's interesting. 84 tackles, Duplessis, so he's making a hell of a lot of tackles, 10 miss. Five, five of them are dominant, so that's about 5.3% dominant tackle. By just 5.3, you want to go to another decimal place? <laughs> no, 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 we rounded that up. Uh, good King's College education. 89.4% <laughs> um, accuracy, 10 turnovers won, nine penalties conceded. Mm. And then Beauchere, 63 tackles, so a little less, so he's obviously had a bit more time on um, attack. One miss. Seven games, 560 <laughs> minutes. One miss. 98.4% accuracy, three dominant. So not as many dominant, 4.7%. Uh, 13 turnovers won, but he's got the extra game. So it's about like for like, nine penalties. So when I thought about it, I was like, oh, Boshi is so good at the, the breakdown and he doesn't give away that many penalties. And, you know, obviously Duplessis had, had a reputation of giving away a lot of mm. breakdown penalties. But when you look at it statistically, they're pretty much like for like. And, you know, six of one, half a dozen. And once I went into that, I was like, oh, you know, I can live with... Um, it being a toss of a coin. A lot harder, obviously, because I think Lachlan Boshi has had a lot of publicity throughout the whole year mm. and a struggling Chiefs <coughs> side, and, and you know that's probably why he's the more common um, name. But I, I, after doing that, you can't take away uh, if Duplessis Karifi was given that, didn't make the North through South, he was given it, said, up your uh, dominance. Um, you know, I think he's doing the business, but I also think Boshi is doing the business as well. So it's a, it's a tough one. 
Um, but it'll be interesting um, you know, where they go, but I think it goes back to the type of player they want in their systems, mm. replacing Adi Savia, ball of muscle, full of energy, and, and Karifi fits that. Fits that bill. Can we just get a clip for that? That was just just very good. Mate, Seriously, mate. I want, I want to see some X's and O's. We've got to get a black one. <laughs> mate, we'll get, <laughs> we'll, I'll be we'll like, Nick in a minute. Yeah. I'll be doing <laughs> X's and O's with Keeper Cronk. Yep, on the board. Yeah, the professors here. Yeah, that's yeah. very yeah. impressive, Jeff. Well done. Um, Lineouts is the one thing. They're using Artie a lot in the lineouts, and obviously, Boshi is a good lineout option. Does Duplessis go up? So, I did have a look at that. So, he's taken one. Line out, yeah. But uh, Boshi only taken four, so not a, not a massive difference. Right. So he he did more for the Chiefs, but he hasn't done much. No, had not for since Taranaki, but he was at six for the Chiefs a lot more. But he is at seven, which is a little different mm. role. Line yeah. out. I think that with that chip, him being able to cover six as well would probably make it better for Boshi. Oh, I, 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 I thought just with his height and his ability to cover, then you know he'd be right in the mm. mix. But like I say, that they, they I think. You know, C obviously has the ability to go to eight at international level. I don't know. Mm. I haven't seen a hell of a lot of it at any level, really. But I just, you just have to think they're going for that that power style, mm. um, abrasive um, character, and um, you know, I, I don't think either of them would let them down. But you, you definitely know what you get with Dupsey. Like he plays with full energy, full intent. Yep. That takes us to the next point. Um, Hoskins, is he the number eight immediately? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Simple as that. I think so. Yeah. I think the fact that he's had a couple of test matches as well, it's going to help towards that. And I think you've got to reward his performance he has in Super Rugby Aotearoa as well. And um, if you're looking at what he brings to the table, I think he's, it's a good opportunity for him to actually get an opportunity to, to play. And I um, don't know whether that's going to bring a kid into, the, into that uh, yeah. number 20 position as well. Or pups. Yeah, or um, pups. So, um, my, my biggest thing on that, is what Hoskins can give you at lineout time. Like he's exceptional, so he gives you a r- real force, a real option. Um, I know we've used Artie a lot, um, but he's got height and he's got an explosive power, and, and and I think he can go to a different position in a lineout. He can mm. be more of that back ball mm. winning number eight, sort of like a Kieran Reid. Yeah. Also, let's not forget the heat and maybe a little bit of um, fatigue got the better of the the Wallabies type five. They started off really well scrum time. They, they were dominant, and then just due to the amount of tackles they had to make and the way the game went, they mm. fell away and it brought the All Blacks back in. One of Hoskins' biggest weapons is a quick hook and go. Like you, You'd know, like Mate, there's nothing say, harder oh, yeah. than that man. He, I don't know how he picks the ball up because yeah. you, you almost boot it back there when you're the hooker. He picks up and he's gone. Like, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that because I think, yeah, mate, the amount of attacking ability you can have off the back of a scrum with a number eight, how hard it is to defend as a nine, or just in general, it opens up so much opportunities and the fact that you can actually kick as well. Oh, like, but also, if, he's, if we're struggling at set piece, it's just a bailout. Like, yep. it, it's literally, like, it takes away a weapon. Mm. Yep. But having him at the in the boot. Yeah, I know as a nine, when we previewed uh, Hoskins, even Akira as well, the ability to play off the back of the scrum, it just opens up so much more. And especially if you're struggling a little bit with your set piece, that quick hook, he's out, he can go down the blind side, and it's easy 15, 20 metres down the sideline, and your forwards and your back running line, onto the running ball. onto the ball off that. Which the All Blacks have been doing really well, especially in their last test match with that change up in their, in their shape. It's quite amazing, isn't it? At the start of the season, it wasn't even a factor. Now, he is an absolute shoe, and you wouldn't even consider an All Blacks 23 probably without him. Mm. That's just form, isn't it? Like, and I think that's the best thing is we're talking about guys being picked in form. You know, it's it's reward for mm. playing well at Super Rugby, and and I think that's the best message you can send to all players is that if you play well enough, you're not going to have to do it for two years. Mm. If you play well enough, we're going to pick you when you're in form, and and sometimes that probably hasn't been the case. So, I think that's the exciting aspect for all young guys going into Super Rugby, yeah. but you know any players. In Super Rugby, and you know, you spoke about it. So we've spoken about Boshier, Super Rugby form makes North vs South. Duplessis doesn't make North vs South. Didn't have as many minutes. Now you got Duplessis playing good minutes, Mighty Ten Cup. They think he's in better form, so they've chosen him. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that that that's like, from a player's point of view, you're you're in with a lick. Yep. You're in mm. a genuine lick. It's not about a picking order of where you were in Super Rugby. If you're performing a Mitre 10 Cup and someone goes down, you are a genuine chance yeah. to go. Now, is that a first year after Rugby World Cup thing that's easy to do? Maybe a few years down the track it's not as easy to pick on form because you've got guys who are inherently within the system who understand the gameplay and all that kind of stuff. And, and 
as maybe less about form and more about understanding and, and time in the saddle with the All Blacks and things like that. Is that the kind of risk you can take right now? I think they do yeah. kind of find uh, that post-World Cup, we pro probably tend to bleed a lot more new players in and give mm -hmm. them that time for their next World Cup cycle. So coming back to Jit's point, as a player, if you're getting rewarded on your base on your form from Super Rugby and in Mighty 10 Cup, it just gives you more added incentive to play well during those competitions. And mm -hmm. like, look at Duplessis, Karifu, for example, you know, a guy that didn't make North versus South, um, Lachlan Boshier did, and then you get rewarded to play for the All Blacks through your time playing good Mighty 10 Cup rugby. So I think we do find a little bit of a sweet spot post-World Cup. We tend to blood in new players, and then it gives them two, three, four years for that next cycle where they can just blood in the new talent and they can just um, get a good look at them, and then they can play footy as well if selected as well. Okay, let's take that then to George Bauer. I know nothing story, about man. his what a form. story. Um, obviously, you've played with yeah. him. You've played against him. Yeah. Tell me about him. What's the deal with this dude? Do you want to go set piece wise or you always start as a Well, piece? look, he hasn't played a lot of rugby. Yep. Like, if, if we're honest. Like, he he's played bit part minutes for the Crusaders. Yep. Um, but what it shows you is the beauty of an apprenticeship under, you know, the world's best. And that's in the Crusaders yep. environment. He's been around for two years behind All Blacks, living and breathing in that environment but with, you know, type five members that are all blacks mm. and you know you look at his you know, he's 28 and i think he's played 40 first class games 41 you know based on the stats i've got um that's not a lot of footy at 28 so it, it's it, it's a credit to the system he's come through uh that they believe he can do the business at international level with not a lot of runs on the board mm. and, and by runs i mean Yes, he's played, say, 20 games for the Crusaders, but I don't know how many were off the bench, but I'd say a lot of them lot were, of and a lot of them were less than 10 minutes or less than 15 minutes. So it's a, it's a massive step up. Mm. It's, a, it's a big tip of the hat to the environment he's coming out of that he can probably withstand that because um, the intensity of going in that all-black environment is, you know, he sounds like he's a jovial, quiet uh, person that will get along with a lot of people, yep. but when the pressure and the acid comes on, it's bigger than Super Rugby. It's 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 another yep. it's another step up, and I mean you can talk more to that. But I, yep. I was just surprised um, at how little rugby is because he does actually feel like he's been around a while, but I know. he hasn't played much footy. Yeah, I look at um, even his debut last year. It was against the Stormers. Got put in um, in that game, and you know the amount of nerves that he had. But like he was just so. The biggest thing I love about George is he's just so wants to be around everybody and has that such a um, bubbly personality. But I think for his growth around. Like what Jipper said, his um, his apprenticeship around the likes of Oe, um, Joe Moody's there, and then being with that and in that environment the last probably eighteen months has just skyrocketed him in his level of play. Now, look, I don't know what his scrummaging's like, Jip, um, but I can imagine it's probably improved no, the last eighteen months. Yeah, I think it's been massive. That's yeah. what I mean by the system he's in yep. has made him a much better player yep. at a, in a short space of time. Yep. For a guy that was probably fighting for a Super Rugby contract at twenty six, twenty seven, yep. is now talking about debuting for the All Blacks at twenty eight. So what he's learning at training and what he's getting out of that system yep. is massive. Biggest thing I love, a good story about him as well. You know, you and I struggle to give the Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. so, can we get that on? Can we get that on camera? Can we get that on camera, please? It's on look, camera. Oh, come on. Yes, right down there. No, come on. Look, I've said it twice. I'm not saying it again. Um, but a good story about George as well is that he, um, I think in 2018 when he first came with us, he was taking a photo of the Super Rugby time picture as a fan. Yeah. And then he came in the next year, took a photo with it, and then I saw um, on Instagram the other day, he was an extra in the All Blacks. Yeah. Kind of um, extras doing a, an ad. And now he gets to actually put the jersey on and be in that environment. So very similar to Carl. You know, you think about Carl's mm. was, was a great story and no, no different to, to George. And, um, you know, for me, I'm really excited for him. And I know that um, he's gone probably not the route that a lot of players have gone through, and it just adds to the kind of... I think that's what I like about it. Yeah. Because he's just gritted his teeth and just hung in there. Yep. Yeah, not a lot of people hang around to debut in Super Rugby at 27 years of no, age. That's not. Yeah. And I know front row's different and tight five's different, but it, it's there's so many, you know, pre-COVID, there's so many other options mm. around the world to go to. And, and like, I don't think there'd be anyone better suited to represent an all-black jersey than someone that is that hungry to wear it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, Players used to be rewarded back in the day for that kind of service. I think guys like Phil Coffin went on the 96 tour. Guys who'd put in a long time in New Zealand rugby were obviously good quality. It might not necessarily be the long-term prospect that, you know, you'd think, oh, he's going to get 100 tests. Yeah. Well, look but, at Frank, but like Frank Bunt. Yeah, Frank Bunt. Bunt's is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, he's 30. But I think at 28, that's like he's coming into his prime as a prop now. Mm. And, you know, the environment he's had at the Crusaders, now the environment he's going to have at the All Blacks, he could 
kick on to 35, 36 yeah. and have a, a hell of a big international career. Yeah. Like 28 is, is late for a winger, but for a front rower, it's, it's not that late or drastic. Yeah. I just want to take a big um, pat on the back for also Jason Ryan, our forwards coach as well. Because I know that he, when, he, when he picked George, um, obviously he'd gone through um, a journeyman kind of career around, you know, mm. not getting opportunities. But I know that um, that Mutt was actually really um, massive around that decision around bringing George in and then just working under him. You know, I always see George always with Mutt and talking around how can he can get better. And he's got that kind of mindset as well, that work ethic of wanting to be better. So um, I think it's a great, so we've, we've talked about it. You, know, well, you can great. coach skill, you can't coach character. No, you can't. And yeah. so he's got a lot of it because he's obviously a, a journeyman and he's 28 now and he's you know reaping the rewards of, of sticking in it through the start of his career, so now I'm slacked him. Hopefully, he gets a run. If he didn't make the All Blacks now, isn't Jason Ryan with Fiji these days? He could have pulled him over to the side. Probably would have, yeah. Well, they tried. Yeah, they tried to. For the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I mean. He wants to be an All Black. Yeah, yeah. and that's great. That's, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. Uh, when someone gets an opportunity, you don't want to hear that they wanted to go somewhere else. They want to be in that jersey and in that environment and bettering themselves, which is you know exciting for him, his family, but I suppose more exciting for the Crusaders. You know, a lot of props are yeah. you know, um, coming to the end and, yeah. and moving on and now you've got yourself another one. So what's he good at? George Bauer, like, I mean, outside of his tenacity and his stickability. Oh, it'll be his yeah. core roles as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, like to get into the environment, it has to be core roles and, and you've, you've, you've got to nail those first and foremost, yeah. but they are tending to go to more mobile yep. style props. Yeah, um, I've definitely seen him in training. He's mobile and has some great this, um, like ball skills as well, obviously, mm-hmm. Fijian flair that he's got on him. So, yeah. Um, look, yeah, but the core roles, he's done a lot of work in it probably the last 18 months. And like I said, with Jason Ryan and that, and he'll get into the environment and again, he'll be able to learn more. And um, he'll well, be with it's similar to Guppy a little bit, um, Alex Hodgman. Yeah, you know, his work on was scrummaging. Mm. He's always mobile around the field, you know, and we saw on the weekend he came on at the 30 minute mark or the week before mm. and dominated and got a penalty his first scrum and still had the ability to get around the park and, and be active in defence and attack. So it's, it's yeah, I, I just think it's the way they're going, but they almost, in the front row, you have to earn your right to be there because when your moment comes, if your scrum's not right yeah. and, or your line-out lifting's not right, that'll be the first thing that gets you yeah. out yeah. the door. We should have a front row podcast. We're spending 15 minutes talking about scrums each week. Tell you what, well, it's good, man. You know, you know you've got to just give love to the battlers out there. <laughs> you know, us front rowers just don't get enough reward. <laughs> you know, there's not enough highlight packages. You do in our squad, mate, in North, North Harbour, mate. Yeah, nice. Tell you what. Well, you, so you should. It's, Jeez, it's tell saving you, what, you at the moment. It is, mate. It is. <laughs> or 90, I've never, 70 minutes. I've never seen a team piggyback themselves out of trouble more than North Harbour with a scrum. <laughs> oh, Literally, man. it's like, right, we're five minutes out from a try line. We'll scrum for a Just penalty. scrum for a penalty. We'll piggyback ourselves up the field. Perfect. And yeah. that's without, without Carl to in your coffee. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. To be fair, is Nidge? No, right? I, I, he might not. He's did his calf a little bit. But oh. just on that, I'll just go back to North Harbour a little, a little bit. Just want to give big props to Big Teague. He came in. He's a prop that came on for Nick Mayhew and, um, and had a really good game. So... Maybe T, mate, keep chipping away. Big T, contract's coming your way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about hard men. This week, I know that you're hot on this. Oh. <laughs> We've had an article come out saying, where are the Aussie hard men? And look, I was trying to make a list of the guys known for being super hard through world rugby. When I thought of England, I thought Martin Johnson. I thought of the Springboks, I thought Bucky's Porter. You know, in a different way, and maybe a less aggravating way, Jerome Kano was an enforcer. Yep. Um, who are the Aussie hard men, and when was the last time we saw one? Is it an endangered species? Do we need to get David Attenborough in? Like, what's... How can you not go uh, past Michael Hooper? Oh, yeah. mate. <laughs> uh, for me, it's just like, that is just going to be posted on a dressing room wall Damn. and used as motivation for the, for the Wallabies. Like, there's no bigger shot across the bow than that. Like, I, I you know, you've said it, Hooper, Hennigan, you know, um, uh, Slipper. These guys have nearly played... Uh, well, Hooper's now 100, Slipper's close to 100, mm. if not 100. Uh, you don't, it's not a, like, what is, what's the definition of hard man in this article? I don't know what it is, but those players I've played against, and mm. they are tough, nuggety, relentless, ruthless in all areas of the game of rugby. So I just, I don't even know if I want to give it airtime because I, I just don't think it warrants it. I, I think it's to get a clip. <clears throat> Personally, yeah, I just don't understand it. Yeah, I yeah. think look, you look at him. I can use my coach by Dave Rennie. Like <laughs> that'll just be have him fired 
Like, I don't even want to give it airtime because then it gives it more airtime, which fires the Wallabies up even more. Then you might get what you want out of this one. Then you might get what you want out of it. I'm just going to say, I will support the All Blacks on the weekend, but um, it would make for a more interesting yeah. championship. Look, I'm going to use Michael Hooper as yeah. an example. Like, let's, if we're going to use a definition of a hard man, I don't know, man, that guy right there, right there. Yeah. The amount of times that I've seen him um, impose his will, his tenacity, and his courage into a team, you know, that's a definition of a hard man in my eyes. So, and then we talk about Hannigan as well. Like, or would you say Pete Samu's soft? Not, not. Exactly. Definitely not. You know, like you've played with him. I know. So. Yeah. yeah. Are we talking about the difference between a guy who's tough and tenacious and durable in comparison to a guy who wouldn't mind starting a bit of a fight? Is that basically what we're talking about here? Are we talking well, about talk- the Aussies have been more focused on the game at hand and less on, you know, getting scrappy and doing that. The stuff that we saw Dane Coles at the start set the tone at the start of that last test match. Are there Aussie players who are doing similar things like that? Because I think that's what he's probably Well, Tupo was the one that yeah. bowled him over about five mm. metres backwards. So yeah. they, they, they definitely yeah. brought it. And you saw 15 men from each side come in yeah. to, to that brawl. I, I think just because of the result, um, it's, it's been taken yeah. way out of context. I think if you're looking around and being niggling it, like Jerome Kino never did that. Yeah. yeah. Was never, never did that kind of... So not, is it an enforcer? Yeah. Is, it a, is it a scrapper? Is yeah. it a... What yeah. is this hard man? Yeah. Like, I, I, the, the complete definition is yeah. lost on me. It fits well into a headline. It does. Oh, um, it'll be, it'll be up in that team room, no yeah. doubt. Oh. Especially a guy like Dave Rennie. Jeez, yeah. he'll take that... Oh, I can just imagine. Yeah, yeah. The, the couple of minutes go before the game, just put it on my side. It'll be there Monday, mate. Yeah, It'll yeah, be yeah. there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Saturday. Uh, I just want to do a shout out to Sean Hardman. Um, when I Googled Aussie Hardman, um, four test talker Sean Hardman came up. So oh, I'm not sure that that's glorious. exactly what they were looking for, but you know, they've had a Hardman um, yeah, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. in yeah. the squad in the last little while. Uh, what are we going to see from the Aussies? Are they changing it up this week? What are we seeing at 10? You know, yep. are we seeing with Tamura out a change at 12? I thought, well, for what, I, what I saw last time, we talked about it a little bit. I'd love to see if they're going to select Nick White, which I probably think they, they will. I'd love to see them go through play nine a little bit more. Um, and then they did play well off 10. And I think if they get that balance right, I think it'd be a lot better. Because I think if you look at that test match, their skill execution was off. And I don't think the test match would be a lot different if they were with Corin Betty or those guys were holding on to that ball and they were sustaining pressure and being able to score points because there were two times in the two test matches which I thought were really um, telling moments. And we, we talked about it last time. They got really close to the line, five metres out from our, from our goal line, from the All Blacks goal line. And then we were very fortunate we got a turnover. So you know, if those, those opportunities that are taken inside the 22 when they're in that um, kind of kill zone where they need to get points and they start executing a lot better, then Dick then... The result of that test match is probably going to be a lot different. So, I know Jip, that you had a good talk around last time. The, their um, their block plays and their their face play shape. Do you think they'll continue to be able to do that again yeah, well, as well? You, you said you want to see them play off nine. I don't think the All Blacks allowed them to have such an impact around that. They mm. didn't let Nick White like when he did, and they're on front football. That's when he was exceptional. Mm. But defensively, they made better decisions on when to uh, rush together. Mm or when to be passive and, and, and use the sideline. And, and I think that's what was the struggle in the balance of their attack. Um, they, they'll, they'll have to go off both because the All Blacks just won't allow them to have what mm. he had in Wellington, which was just you know, a, a gifted you know, manipulation of whatever he wanted to do. Whereas mm. the following week, the conditions were different, but I think you'll see more similar conditions, um, you know, good temperatures over in Aussie. Mm. So I, I think they have to come up with a plan that uh, allows them to do off nine, off ten, or potentially use their kicking game a little bit better, um, mm. attacking kicking game a little bit better in their structure, because uh, that's what the All Blacks have the ability to do. They have the ability off nine, they have the yep. ability to go off ten out the back of their forwards, and then we saw the injection of Bodie from 15, so they can't just, like, no team in the world's going to allow Nick White to just do it two tests in a row, and now a, a third, you know, especially the All Blacks. Mm. So I agree that that's what they want to go to, but they're going to have to earn the right mm. to, to get there. And, and what the personnel looks like for me, 10 and 12, I like having the, I like them with the dual playmaker when Tamil was there. Um, it doesn't sound like they'll go that way. Um, uh, you know, they've got O'Connor there at 10 and he really wants to play 10. Uh, they've got Simone who's from the Brumbies and was exceptional between uh, Lolosio and, and him. Uh, throughout Super Rugby, so he's he is a genuine. He's more of a genuine twelve. Mm. The only thing I worry about is having two young men in the midfield against two pretty senior men 
and, and Goodhue and Leonard Brown or, or potentially Rico uh, is they don't get stuck in the one-trick pony mindset. They've they've got to be a distributor in mm. that 12 if they go to the Do you think the they have someone that's in there to be able to run that map to more kind of second pivot? Oh, I think O'Connor goes to 12 and Lolasia starts. starts like, like he's 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 ready. Like mm. he's he's proven. He looks like a experienced campaigner just in, in the way he's played for the Brumbies. Mm. So that's what I would do. But look, that's why I'm sitting here and not coaching the Wallabies. Like <laughs> it's it's all it's easy to mm. say it from here. But, um, you know, Dave Rennie sounds like, well, from what you're hearing and reading, they will go for, for Simone at, at 12. On the other side of the field, obviously Caleb Clark was a major factor. Geordie Barrett, you impressed with how he's going at 14? Is he the right man for that job? Yeah, he is for me. He's uh, just for the balance of that back three. Um, you know, like I've made no secret, I'd love to see Bodie at 10. Um, but the way they got their styles yep. uh, right in terms of it felt like Richie was more comfortable in that mm. new attacking shape behind the three forwards yep. um, and it was his baby and, and Bodie really said oh, I'm nailing fullback and I'm going to inject myself um, I just think it makes sense to keep you know Geordie on the wing although he's been exceptional at fullback I think he's doing a pretty good job uh, at 14 and he's scoring tries and that's normally a, a good sign when someone's doing a good job as a winger as they, they're getting yep. the five pointers and um, you know, he, he seems to have really found a, a good relationship with Jack Goodhue. Jack Goodhue set him up a few times, so uh, it's a no-brainer for me to keep him there. Yep. You could probably maybe see a Severus or a Will Jordan come in, but I think you know, I think his form is deserving of him keeping there. And the thing I love about Jordan, he's, he's a triple threat option. You know, he's obviously six foot seven as a, as a back, <laughs> but you know, that aerial ability when we've been kicking a lot of nine, a lot of nuggy, and him be able to win the ball in the air and... And then again, his massive boot that he's got that he can put um, in our exit zones, our kicks in behind as well, off a scrum or a line out um, off the edge. It's another, um, probably he's got a little bit better than Will and Seven in that department. And again, his defence has been has been great as well. Yeah. So On the flip side of that is his ability to nullify Nick White's kicking game. Yep. Um, you know, he'll be putting up more contestables this week, I'd say. And, and Geordie's aerial ability, nothing on, you know, Will Geordie. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is pretty exceptional too, but mm. um, Sevo as well, but uh, his height, his big body um, is, a, is a different beast to compete in the air. Yep. His physical nature as well, I just feel like that is honed for test football. Like he just loves to get in there and get in amongst the tough stuff. He's yeah, just tough, man. Yeah, well, tough. the size of his locking brother with the speed of his fullback brother. So <laughs> like, uh, I'd, I'd be into everything too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it, it, and he could be there forever because he's one of those yeah. guys with such a wide skill set. I feel like he's not. You know, we talk about these wingers who come and go as as form comes and goes, but he's one of those mm. guys you can just say. Your class, we can't avoid well, you. You're ten years. Chipper's talked about a lot around with Dane Coles. You know, he's he's made for Test footy. Yeah. I think Geordie's in that in that similar department. He's got you know. When yeah, I think he's got better, hasn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, he came onto the scene in that Lions, and everyone was like, "Holy heck, yeah, yeah. Uh, outstanding." And then a couple of you know decision hiccups as as uh, as a young man. Uh, I think in Wellington and another one. And but then when he got back in versus Italy on. I think he played on the right wing yeah, that day as well. Year. He's gone strength to strength from there, and, and, yep. he's, and he's shown at Super Rugby. He's really matured into a, a, a solid Test match um, mm. footballer. But he's been given time and opportunity, and yep. with time and opportunity in the saddle, um, you, you're always going to get better in that environment. Is that easy to go into a defensive role on the right wing when you've been a fullback? I mean, the Aussies did score their try down that side of the field. I don't think it was necessarily his 
problem. But, you know, is it easy to switch between defensive roles like that and, and not get lost in, in a completely different place? No. No, no. I think when fullback and... is such a team yeah, thing. Right? Fullback yeah. and winger, that connection, you're always doing it in, whether it be in training or just in games. So you've got a pretty good understanding of what a winger wants because you've got to connect with your fullback a lot in general play and, and not just in attack but defence as well. So I don't think there's a massive transition. There might be a little bit, um, but I he also has a to read what's happened on in, inside him. So whether a try is scored down his flank or not, it's, it could have been you know, forwards caught short and, and he hasn't folded around the corner to create space, to open it up, mm. to allow him to bring line speed. There's so many variables to go into it. You know, his one-on-one defending's fine. Yep. Um, his aerial game's fine. Um, it's just defence is such mm. a team-based thing. That you, yep. Sometimes you've got to really look at it to work out where it's gone wrong. Yeah, and they got the defence very much right in that second test, didn't they? Oh, mate, the yeah. decisions between rushing and... Like I said last time, like Damien's one's the best example when he came on for Caleb and, and forced that error when it would have been a three-on-one, but yeah. there was just no hesitation. The yeah. pressure was created, and, and they just got it right. Yeah, and just on that, though, I thought Australia did really well. We talked about it around their face play shape. A couple of times in their test match, if their skill set was a little bit better in the execution, we, they'd probably score tries. So they did have Could they be more patient? Yeah, they, well, they could have, mm. and it came with that. So if they were a little bit more patient and you know didn't, I know some of them were just unforced errors, but some of them they did force it a little bit. If they can just get that right, because a lot of the times in the last two test matches, they've actually broken through our defence wall. So yes, we have been, um, we're a lot better in the second test, if you talk about our physicality and getting it right. But you know, if they hold on to a couple more passes and a little bit more patient, like Jip said, then you know they're scoring a lot more points. And I thought that second test didn't actually dictate what, how the game was going. No, the score didn't you know? reflect how, how it was going because yeah. they did create plenty of opportunity. The only reason I said patient is because I felt because the score kept creeping out in that second 40, mm. when they created the options, they didn't think maybe one or two more rucks will go over here. Yeah. It was like, okay, how can we score now? We've got them behind them. We've, and it just seemed a little bit little bit rushed in, in comparison to, you know, I suppose, the All Blacks in the way that when they broke... You know, even Paddy's pass to, to Sam Kane, he's really looking mm. and he's thinking, okay, is this the best option? Yeah. Bang, it is the best option. Same with Jack Goodhue. He's waiting till the wingers come in and he's jammed. Bang, gives mm. it to Geordie Barrett. It's just the little things like that. It's just been a little bit more ruthless once you've got him behind. Yeah. I can't imagine them making that many mistakes again. No, I can't. But those mistakes were on the back of a great shift defensively by the All Blacks and, mm. and, and desperation and, and the, the, the conditions and also just... You know, chasing a game, you always mm. you always do push it a little bit. You know, I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it. When you're chasing a game, you try and get the points as quick as possible. Yeah. When if you go, you sit and review Monday, and it's, you know, James, why did you do this? You know, and you you, you look at it and you're like, why did I do that? Mm. You know, that's that's stupid. But because you're in that pressure cauldron, mm. it, it can get the better of the best players in the world. Yeah, and they are a new squad under a new coach, and the progression seems fairly strong even though they lost that the expectation jumped yeah. in a week didn't it yeah <laughs> it's it pretty it brutal yeah. yeah it's like we, he went from you know the all Blacks should win test one to to drawing it to you know what happened to the wallabies you know and and we spoke about it you're always going to get a spike and then it's how you you keep that yeah. consistency and and you know you've had gregan come out um this week and say there's no better man for the job so if mm. there's if that's not a tip of the cap to what yeah. Dave Rennie's doing in that environment and, and yeah. culture, and we've spoken about it a lot from the outside looking in, it's you know, and, and no doubt Gregan's in, in the mix there, so mm. he's, he's he's ticking the right boxes at this stage. Yeah, I think he had confidence around his track record as well. You know, he's been into three three environments where you know they've done well. So again, there is going to be a spike, but I think it's I think with with what George said, he's the right man for the job because I just don't think it's going to be a roller coaster. I think they're just mm. going to keep trending just like that through his duration of his. I was coaching, so um, you've seen it in the way they're playing. So they just fix a few things up, and you know, through the duration of this competition and moving forward, I think they're in a really good, really good spot. Do they need EC Nasirani to come in at, at number eight? Is he a guy who could add a little bit? He's coming to the squad. Oh, I think something different. He'll definitely add a, add something. He's he's a big body. He's yeah. quite like for like for Hoskins, mm. um, but I don't think that's been their big area of concern. I think they've been pretty good around the breakdown and and the men they've chosen it's uh, uh, he's probably been brought in for a reason but I don't know if he'll start um, I think I think Harry Wilson probably maybe because he was ill and maybe they're trying to sort him out but Hooper's going to be there mm. obviously 
Um, they've got Valentini, who's there, he's a big body, he was in the first test off the bench. Uh, they've got Pete Samu. Mm. Do you reckon they go back with Pete? Or do you reckon they keep Harry Wilson and, and Ned? I think it, it, it'll depend on the style they want to play. So, mm. you know, a, a nice little could come into it if they do want to play that close quarter, because he's great in the pick and go game. He, he's, you know, good in the, the set piece, very similar mm. off the back of a scrum, quick hook, can get off and, and be destructive. Big body physically, defensively. Um, but I don't think Samu doesn't do that either, but I'm also a big fan of having someone of his explosive off power off the bench. Mm. And, and I know that I, players hate when they, their name's mentioned like that because everyone wants to start. But I just think the damage he could do to tiring defence mm. um, if the game's in the balance and he's given a licence to play, uh, a, a nice Ferrari and, and a Samu one-two punch could, could work mm. yeah. really well. Samu was good for you guys on that role, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, and I think the best thing about Pete is that he's got a... None better, really. Like, he yeah. was... He was. Like, I, I don't chuck out compliments <laughs> that, that easily. Two. Come on. <laughs> no, this but like, he, yeah. he was awesome for you guys yep. off the bench, but then he even played some games for the Brumbies off the bench, and he looked like a mm. different man. Like, I hate saying it, because he's a good starter as well. He's mm. still test match quality starter, but... Yeah. Like I just would love yeah. to see it. I'd just love to see it. an tiring defence of that guy. He's the sort of guy that yeah. will do the quick tap. He'll he'll do something you don't expect. Yeah. And that is something that you know maybe the Wallabies need. I was just mm. going to say around the ear like that, that bench roll. And if you think about the first forty minutes in that Test match, they're right in right in the game. And then over the year, well, probably say the last decade, us and have an understanding around our bench roll and mm. bring a massive impact. And you know Pete has done that um, at Super Rugby. I saw it at Super Rugby League with him and Jordan Telford. You know, you could have started Pete and have Geordie come off the bench. They both did great roles when they both came off the bench. But I think when you can have that guy with that kind of skill set, he can make something out of nothing. I've seen him in trainings, you know, he's like a, a winger or a fullback mm. or has a skill set of a 10. So bringing that kind of caliber play on for the last 20, 30 minutes when, when teams are tiring and um, the game's in the balance, having a guy with that kind of X factor and can play like that, um, I think it'd be real beneficial if they decide to keep mm. Pete on their bench role. So we switch that back to the All Blacks then. You've got a choice for that role between Dalton Papali'i and Akira Ioane. They're two guys who can both do that. Where do you go? What do you hear? Well, Pups can go all three. Mm. Six, yeah. seven, and eight. So he's probably got the inside running. But the way Akira played the other night, <whistles> like sometimes yeah. you worry when guys go into squads and they don't get to play a lot of rugby. You almost, you, you train your way out of form, mm. you know, playing form. Man, he looked good. And I know it's Mighty 10 Cup, but I think I think this Mighty 10 Cup is some of the best footy you've seen in a long time. Mm. And, and I think the fact that the All Black selectors are picking guys on form from Mighty 10 Cup like Duplessis Karifi shows it's a tip of the cap to that comp mm. and what it's performing. And, and I have to say, Harbour's defence is, is one of the stronger ones. And, and at times, Akira made it Rattled pretty very easy. easy. Yep. Um, so he's. I think that performance would have probably put him right in the race. Uh, but you know, a twenty-three man game balance. Um, you know, if a Sam Kane goes down early, yep. And you don't have, you know, an Artie Savia who can switch to seven. It does probably tend to look more towards a Dalton Papali who can go to seven comfortably, can go to eight, and can go to six. Yeah. It does make it interesting when you talk about that form in Mitre 10 Cup because, you know, Dalton hasn't been playing for counties. He's been in and around the squad. Akira has been getting game time for Auckland. You kind of want to be saying to the coach, come on, let me pop off for the weekend and play provincial rugby because, yeah. you know, well, they're picking 50, on 50. form, you know. It is, yeah, but it is 50-50 because if you, you go and do yeah. something, and it, it's a hard one. Um, I know what you mean, but... It, I think Dalton showed enough in the first few weeks for counties. Mm. It, it, like, let's mm. look at the their their dominance as in counties uh, at the breakdown compared to round one Tasman to where things are at now. Uh, and and I think Dalton's a big factor in that. He is just all go. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, he's sort of probably someone I wouldn't worry about resting out of form because he's just he trains like it's a game. It's just his nature, yeah. do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I love his style of play, and I think the fact that he can cover that 6, 7, 8, it just, we always talk about that, that bench roll and being able to have people that can play different positions. And you know, if Sam Kane went down, you know, we've got now now at 7, he's played 7. You know, we've got a guy who can play 6, and he can cover 8 as well. Um, but what I love about Dalton is just his, his brutality and the way he plays. Like, man, right. it's just, it's like he's a machine. He's, we, yeah. we talk about enforcers. He literally has no care for his body. Nah, and that's what, <laughs> that's what Test 40 is about, isn't it? You know, you want to put your, your body and your, your head in a dark place. And 
And I see Dalton, he's done that at a Super Rugby level for a couple of years now, and, and no doubt if he gets his opportunities, if selected on the weekend, you know, he'll do that in do that in we spoke about Samu. Like he's very similar. Like the energy, the explosive athlete mm. can do something out of nothing. He's probably a little bit more breakdown orientated than, yep. than Pete. Um, but he's he's a great package to be coming off off yep. the bench and, and filling a role. And what I love about Dalton is he's just the nicest guy in the world. You put him on the field and he's an animal. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's a competitor. Yeah. He's a competitor. And that's what you love as a player. You've got a guy that just wants to compete. Just wants to win. Yeah. And yeah. that's infectious, you know, so... It's um, the same at training, though. Like, he's nice, and then you get him across the white line at training. And that's that's what I love as well, is, is having guys in your squad like that, that it doesn't... You know, they, nothing's to be done personally, but mm. they do everything to win. Yeah. And and they will... Don't get in their way is the, the way they train, and that's the way he plays. Mm. So what happens this weekend outside of the loose forward change? Do you keep everything the same? Is this the top All Blacks team that we're looking at? Probably Samuel. Samuel will come back in. Yeah, and Scooter uh, probably start. You can. Yeah, he's a he's a good one. Don't know. Patty or Scooter. I know. I know. I, I, look, I'll go Patty. Like mm. he's had a lot more minutes under his belt. It's a crucial Bledisloe Cup on the line. I think he earned the right. He has earned the right by stepping into the, mm. the big job mm. of running the line out, and sort of being the set piece leader um, in that second test. And we saw the, the platform that uh, we were allowed to play off. Uh, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, and it just gives um, Scott Barrett time to, to, yeah. to come back and, and take the pressure off him and, and sit on the bench and, and, and come on and play the impact role that he did so well last time. Yeah. Can you play them both together? Or is that not a... Scott you can now, I think, with Paddy yeah. having the ability to play at the back of the line out. Um, yeah. Before the weekend, it was untested. Mm. So I think the beauty of it now is, is um, we'll, I think it will bring the best out of Sam Whitelock because... Yep. Uh, he'll want to get in there and, and, and dominate it as well. So now yeah. you've, you're talking about competition again. Yeah. You know, locking has been a, a position that I've said we haven't had a lot of depth. Mm. But when you've got guys all in form and, and you know, guys like Scott Barrett coming back mm. into the mix, it just puts a little bit of edge and, and brings the best out of, um, out of players. Yeah. So I, I still think you, there's no point rushing him back. He hasn't played say, a lot of minutes. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's any rush. There's and no he's rush such a good figure to have coming off the bench because if it's not going to plan you know that he's got mm. enough experience enough now to to roll his sleeves up and, mm. and and turn it turn it around i think and scooter's a much better option off the bench than sam i think sam's a he's an out and out starter and i think that's the way he plays whereas i think scott gives you that uh, better oomph off the bench and he's a lot more um a little bit more explosive than sammy and so and i think coming back to jibber's point there's no need to rush him you know he's actually had a lot of time out of footy and patty has played that well at Super Rugby, and we talk about form. Yeah, like it's deserving of him. He's earned the there. right to keep there. You know, he's he's ground away for a long time, sitting in the, the you know resting. He doesn't mm. want to rest. He wants to be playing Test match footy, and he's earned the right to stay there. Yeah. And if we get into this rotating, and because he's had a couple of minutes, no, let's just leave him there. Leave him there in form. Yeah, yeah, and it's looking good. Like and when Brody comes back next year, oh, jeez, oh. it's a wealth of riches. It is. It is. I mean, we probably don't even need to factor that in yet, but it's it's just, it's exciting mm. um, for where this Tri-Nations right now can go for an area that, you know, we've got a guy that hasn't played a lot of Super Rugby, Tupo Vai, who has come in and, and got a start. He's come off the bench. He's now going to be taking probably a back seat and watching the big boys go to work and learning a hell of a lot in mm. an environment where he can he can grow his game and mm. go mm. back to the Chiefs and work with Brody mm. again. And then, you know, then we're developing the next generation of locks. I think that's what they do really well at the All Blacks as well. They give them a taste. Yeah. They give them a taste. And obviously it was with... Well, he's probably got with, a bit more injury. of a taste than Yeah, with injury. It came with injury. Yeah. There you got that taste a little bit more, but... And for a guy that's you know played pretty well off the bench and starting, you know it's going to just add a little bit of fuel and say, you know I can mix it with these guys, and he's going to you know if they doesn't get any more game time through no injuries of the of our of the three starting locks, um, you know he's going to have a great opportunity going back to the Chiefs and then Brody's going to come out like we've talked about and he's just going to keep growing again, and you know the likes of Mitchell Dunshay and even Quinn Strange was there as well. Just being in that environment, it's going to be great for them moving forward into 2021. Hey, looking at the other two positions, I suppose where there were changes between Test One and Test Two, Rico. Do you give him another crack at 13 or do you stick with the current combo? I'd stick with Leonard yeah. Brown and Goodhue. I think from their performance on the weekend, oh, two weeks ago, I think it's deserving of, of, a, of a spot there. And then you just put uh, Rico on the bench. Again, we've talked about his ability to, and his X factor and his speed. And, and he's just someone that's different to those two boys. But I think you can't go past Anton and Jack with how their performance was on the weekend. You might be a little bit different around that. No, Jack. I'm not because he's got a niggle. 
Um, mm. the, the other thing factoring in is a lot of travel, a lot of change. I think less change is best mm. um, for, for that squad that's confident. Um, so I think he'll be in the 23 jersey uh, with the ability to bring some impact. I don't think it's the last we'll see of him in the 13 jersey though. Um, I'd be disappointed if it was because you know one put down doesn't like I still will argue that he performed really well in that test in Wellington. And um, technically, you could probably say he did score a try <laughs> by the rule book. Oh, yeah, yeah, technically, but technically he scored a try. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, like he, he'll he'll be back. Uh, those boys did perform extremely well. Mm. They seem to get a good combination. But I think less change is best purely because of the travel factor, going and uh, leaving home, leaving families, mm. get the guys with, with runs on the board that are used to travelling and experienced, um, you know, I suppose, tourists, mm. uh, backs against the war mentality over in um, Australia, sets it up excitingly for, let's, let's nail down the splitters though and then give some opportunity in the fourth. Mm. A guy like, like, if he's selected on the bench, you know, you think about the last 20, 30 minutes, bringing him onto the field. Yeah. Maybe, you know. What a Talk great about tiring defenses. Yeah, what a great yeah. weapon to bring on with a guy who would be hungry coming on as well. Obviously wanting to, you know, I thought he played a good test match when he came on, but you know, there's always that added incentive of not mm. being able to start. You know, he's a competitive guy as well. So he'll come on there being real hungry and probably doing a lot of work off the ball and on the ball when he's got time in that. So no, he's a great guy that'll be coming off the bench. And so I think he's going, who do you think is 23? It'll be Rico. So who's 22? Damien. You're going to be Damien and Rico? Yeah, yeah. And well, Rico can cover wing. Um, you've got the ability to move. Because it's a three uh, tens, technically, if you think about it, with Bodie, Richie, and Damien. Yeah, but Rico can do midfield wing. Mm. It's, it's mm. just a good makeup. Mm. It's an embarrassment of riches, really, for coverage. And when you think about it, you add teeth. I thought Damo was great yeah. when he started, too. And I thought he was really good when he came out. Because mm. they replaced Caleb, who was sort of like everything he touched turned to gold mm. and, and yeah. you, you didn't notice much if anything the change was a really good time um for them defensively and, mm. and adding that energy um out on, out on the wing starting incumbent last year yeah and he can't even well, it's a brutal spot three. wing isn't it yeah it's, 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 it's such a it's such a form-based position and, and if you if you're off by five percent there is another 10 guys mm. that can can do the job. I don't think it's a reflection on how he's gone. Mm. It's a, it's more again. Again, it wasn't a reflection on how Rico went before the World Cup. It's a reflection on the guys that are playing well. Mm. Geordie, exceptional at fullback. He's doing the job at 14. Caleb is the new Sevo and the new George Bridge. And this is, you know, that's the big thing as to how do you sustain a career, um, you know, as, as long as you know, Julian Severe, he was there for years. He, he knuckled down that position. And so, and that's the art, is who's, who's, who's going to carve out a career of being that number one, 11, 14. Mm. And, but uh, embarrassment of riches. Yeah. It's just like, you could put Will Jordan there and you could put Damien, you could put Rico. You know, it's, it's fortunate we're in this position and hopefully it means we're in a great state to win big. Mm. It blows my mind that Will Jordan can't find a spot in an All Blacks team. Like, <laughs> That guy is incredible, and there's no room for him. Like, how you, is that even possible? I'll tell you what, though. Like, he'll be in that environment, first time being in that environment, and it just adds fire. It adds yeah. fire to that in, in trainings. And I know Will's um, had a great year this year and, and last year as well, but, you know, those guys that aren't playing, you know, you're in the all-black environment, you're there every day, so your, your test match or your kind of game day is there's Tuesday and Thursday trainings when you get the opportunity to go against the, the starters. And so, you know, they'll be breeding him. He'll be... The best thing that I love about the All Blacks is that you know when you're put in that when you're put in the position to play, you're ready. Mm. So that's not to say that Will isn't ready now, but again, you know, there's a bit of embarrassments of riches. But you know, when he does get his opportunity, those boys that don't play a lot, they'll get an opportunity and they'll be ready. Poor old Argentina. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to cop a Will yeah. Jordan hat trick like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no luck there. Uh, when you go to this All Black side and you select the front row, you've got Cody Taylor and you've got Dan Coles and I don't know how they make that selection. Like, we've got a hooker to talk about it. Like, we've gone with different combos in the first two tests. Yeah. Uh, it look, up? it'll be Colsey purely on uh, reward for the way he performed, not only in his own game, um, but the the mental game that he, you know, has clearly got someone writing articles uh, pretty happy about <laughs> it and yeah. saying that there's none in the Aussies. But look, he was my man of the match. Um, 
and he, he did his core roles, but it was, it was what he did around the park. His, his link play, his whole running, um, you know, his defence, he's relentless, big motor goes all day. Um, and I think Cody played a great role off the bench, mm. so it worked well. But it worked well the other week when Colsey came off the bench. Both of them are so explosive that, it, you know, sometimes when we talk about, oh, he should start because this guy's more explosive to come off the bench, they're both so explosive. Mm. So you know you're going to get an injection either way. Yeah. Um, and I think Colsey get the nod this week, uh, but it probably will be a rotation. Mm. It, it, it is a 50-50 because yeah. I don't think you lose or gain Either way, the only thing you gain out of Colsey is just his personality for yeah. test match footy. I think we do talk around like having that one talk around one two punch. I think with them, it's a one one punch. You know, so it doesn't matter who really starts. They both give great um, impact off the bench, and I think just that little bit of niggliness and you know that kind of enforcer role that we've talked about a lot on the show this week. <laughs> and Cody's had a big year as well. Like he's he's had a big year, and and it might just freshen him up a little bit for mm. a big finish um, against. You know, a, f- a fourth bit as well, and, and mm. a couple of games against. He's Argent. hungry as well. Yeah, hungry. Mm. Yeah, be hungry. Should well, Colsey we... was hungry. Look at the way mm. he came off the bench in Wellington. Like, yeah, he, he looked twenty-one. He was he he wanted that two jersey back, and mm. it's that's the beauty is, is Cody will be wanting it back now, and and I, Safa Moore wants a run. Yeah, <laughs> like like he's earned the right. He's yeah. played exceptional footy when Colsey's been out injured for the Hurricanes. So. We could go all day. These hookers are so great. Jeez. Yeah, Ash Dixon. <laughs> Altman. Parsons, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's amazing because when you think, to me, Dane Coles from the hookers I've seen, I'd say he's the greatest I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Revolutionised the game. It, yeah. And, and he's a guy that you can basically say, oh, he's not necessarily starting, you know, mm. and he's the greatest. Yeah, that's, that's I find that incredible. Like, Cody's that's, been his squad under, depth is great. Understate, understudy yeah. for a number of years, and mm. has picked up so much often. Mm. Um, and, but they're so like for like in terms yeah. of their their athletic ability, like their explosive power and, and ability with ball in hand defence. Yeah. Um, you know, and Cody I think's really upped his game defensive breakdown time. He's he's yep. really put some work in there. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it is it is crazy, and, and I think in time he will go down as one of the best, if not the best. Um, but he's he's got a younger model snapping <laughs> at his heels, wanting to start on that two two jersey mm. as well. So what happens this weekend? I, I'm thinking the All Blacks win by ten, um, seal this thing up. Where, where are you seeing going, bro? Yeah, it's probably going to be yeah ten twelve points. I reckon it's going to be tough though. I think the Australians won't be that um, poor defensively, and I just think. Execution-wise, I reckon they'll be a little bit, a lot better. So, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a tight one. Um, we did talk about a lot, probably the last two test matches, and Dave Rennie's brought up a lot around that physicality. And I think it's going to be another bone, bone crunching kind of affair with the forward packs, and then um, it's going to come down to the execution of can the Australians, uh, can they score points, can they be patient like Jips talked to, talked about? Because um, if they can do that, then I think it's going to be a really close test match. But now I'm picking at least ten to twelve points. I, I think it's based around a lot of stuff we don't know yet, selections, especially the Wallabies stuff. Um, but it will be a lot tighter if they can get the balance of their game right, uh, the Wallabies. It will be physical. I think, mm. you know, I'm thinking seven. I'm thinking seven, the All Blacks by seven, uh, potentially even closer, because no pressure, Wellington Wallabies, we're talking here. Pressure, Eden Park. Not alone, not just alone Eden Park, but pressure of expectation of going really well in Wellington. Now there's the bounce back. And they're under a guy who loves a bounce back, who loves fighting out of the corner. So I just think that in terms of they're still building, they're another, you know, so what they had a few weeks here, they played a test, played a test, got another couple of weeks together, back home. They've created a culture of representing and playing for something greater than themselves. And, and getting back to the country that they, they are from and rewarding their people. These are all the things that he'll be building up all week. And you know, even just talking about it myself now, you know, it tingles, it gives you a tingle. Yeah, you're getting you know, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all that sort of stuff is powerful stuff in the, in the lead up to a big test match. Bledisloe Cup is on the line. If they do not win, it's gone. The expectation, I think, has been pulled back a little bit on, on what they're expecting from the Wallabies. Mm. So then we've got the All Blacks, who expectation, didn't quite get it right in Wellington. Bounce back, Eden Park. 
now where do they go as well? So it's all those mental games and those mental pressures that'll add to it. And I, I, I think the All Blacks will win. Um, and that's not just being an All Blacks fan, uh, but I think it'll be between three to seven points. Mm, I feel like the All Blacks have got enough motivation still from game one, going through game three. That I feel like they can still draw on that. Uh, whether what team, if you're an All Black, there's always yeah. motivation, there's always yeah. expectation to win. So I think um, also what we've touched on is the competition for spots. Mm. Yeah, That'll be a big thing. Is, is guys need to perform to hold their spots, and the guys behind them are wanting to take their mm. spots. So that also plays a big part mm. in that All Blacks uh, arena. And when you look at them on paper, I don't think that you can really compare the two sides. There's just that little bit more class there. There's just a touch more across the board. You know, you look on the bench and you see TJ. You see a guy who comes mm. on who's just <coughs> just that little it's bit experience. higher than his than It's his experience. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's experience of the big moments that the All Blacks have. And, and it will come down to crucial moments. Um, but I don't think you can write off... There's quite a lot of experience coming off that Wallabies bench. Um, their big thing they'll need to get right... <laughs> Is attack management with a young 12 13. Yeah. If they get that right, they will be a force. I don't think defensively they'll make that many mistakes as, as last time, and they'll always be that physical brute force at the breakdown. If they can get their balance of attack right, they'll, they'll give themselves a mm. chance. I hope Dave Rennie's listening. Dave. He does not need to listen to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can assure you. He's he, already got one there. He, knows that he, he knows what he needs to do. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.